John 3.16 For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Just a little earlier in the chapter, I have in mind a few verses relating to this selected verse tonight for where we're going to go and thinking about and appreciating uh, the Lord and what he's done for us. In, in verse 3 and in verse 7, Jesus says, you must be born again. You must be born again. And birthing babies is the reference, right? It's a metaphorical, figurative expression about a spiritual truth. But birthing babies physically is the metaphorical reference point for a woman delivering a child, right? We were to have that image. Birthing a child, you must be born another time. Something similar, but obviously some things are different. Well, we're going to think about something similar, at least physically. Uh, we know from Genesis 3 that women will birth children with travail. Part of the curse is that childbirthing, laboring will be difficult. It's painful. It hurts. It's uncomfortable. Jesus referenced this, as, this later in John, chapter 16, Verse 21, Jesus says that right now you have tribulations as Christians. To be Christians, between the first and second coming of Christ, it's always like this for God's people, but especially in these last days, these, these days before Christ returns, we're, we should expect tribulation, difficulty, problems. And he, he compares it to, to labors, uh, childbirthing labors. And he says it's just like when the woman is delivering a baby, uh, there are pains, there are difficulties, it's really hard. But afterwards, when she holds that baby, she can't remember. It's like, a, you know, well, I know in other ways, they remember, right? <laughs> but but when, you, when that child comes to the, to the mommy, even when she's recovering and probably still breathing hard and flushed, that baby comes and immediately the face turns from pain to joy. Right, And he's, Jesus is really pointing to that to encourage us to get through the tribulation, to get through these last times, because the joy unspeakable that will be our reward when he comes and delivers us out of this world completely into the new heavens and the new earth, along with our new bodies with this new life, will be so worth it. So get through the pains because of the joy that's set before you in the deliverance. We won't remember the pain of delivering of childbirth. But the significant comparison is also this. For that to have any significance of get through it, to have the reward and the forgetting of all that you went through, it's to encourage you to get through what's really hard, right? <laughs> what's very painful. Birthing a child is worth getting through the pain and difficulty. Now stay with me for a moment. I'm not preaching this sermon because my wife at any time now is going to give birth. just kind of works out well that way. I'm hoping I don't scare her out of the sanctuary with this introduction. But uh, you'll know where I'm coming from in a moment. It occurs to me to give you that disclaimer as we continue. But considering the idea of birthing and its pain and difficulty, 
We want to remember that this is what was involved for God to deliver you in being born again. You might remember that the word born again in the Greek means uh, it's more literally born from above. Born from God. And we don't mean the same as Christ was born uh, to Mary that we've been studying recently in the catechisms at night. But being born again, God births us into new life. And we want to remember it was very painful. It was traumatic. It was horrible. So that we don't forget to appreciate the life we have, the new birth that we have from above. And how were we birthed into this world? The cross. The crucifixion of the Lord Jesus Christ and all that was involved for the Trinity in different regards. God's love to save his children was seen in the sacrifice of immense suffering. Like childbirth. To birth life, new life. I give that to you as the idea of our text today as we think about things in this context. God's love to save his children was seen in the sacrifice of immense suffering. Well, here's what spurred me on to consider this with you, simply to appreciate this sacrifice of the triune God and the suffering of the Son of God together, that we don't forget and that we don't take for granted what we have, because I, I think we obviously do, don't we? That's just our old man nature, to get, and then to get used to things and appreciate things, but just not to really, really live the way we should when we think about it. Here's, here's what I have in mind. I'm driving uh, and hearing on the Christian music radio uh, one of the breaks. They were sharing some really great nuggets. I intended to share two others with you already. I'll try to remember to do that. Maybe help me remember during teaching time tonight. I'll share two other nuggets. But this jumped out to me. Uh, On the Christian music radio station, a man during a break said his wife was correcting his daughter. And I I think a little older, maybe a teenager. And there was, I don't, he didn't present it as it was this major head-to-head combat. But whatever was going on, the wife was correcting the daughter. And he said, and she went there. (laughs) She used the trump card. What's the trump card, mom? can be tempted to use on their children sometimes, appealing to reason and response. I gave birth to you, <laughs> you know. And depending how long was the, I see a lot of bumps nodding heads right now, you know. And depending on, especially if the labor was long, do you know how many hours I went through, you know, or depending on the nature of the birth, uh, the kinds of sacrifices and things to the woman's body. The answer, though, is what really caught my attention and uh, has led us here tonight. The daughter's response, well, that was just once. That was just once. Yeah, it was just once. But it should impact the whole reference point of her entire life. Otherwise, she'd be ungrateful and wasting the life she has and the family name. So we are too likely to treat Jesus' birth pains that made us born again too lightly. As if that was once, but we now have to live our own lives now. 
We're adults now. When Christ would call us to be children to enter his kingdom. When we should instead identify with him and live every day so thankful for that once for all sacrifice that birthed us a new abundant life and joy unspeakable eternal life. Yeah, it was once, once for all, and it changes everything. It gives us life when we had no life. And it was incredible sacrifice. Incredible pain to birth us into this life. And it must be our reference point for who we are and how we live our entire life. Beloved Christians, never forget the pain. Never forget the sacrifice of God to make you his children. Remember God's sacrifice that birthed life in you. That's the message for you this evening. Remember God's sacrifice that birthed life in you. In Genesis chapter 22, Abraham is told by God to bring Isaac up the mount and to get ready to sacrifice his own son, Isaac, and not a child, likely a grown man we've often talked about, who carries the own wood that he'll lay upon. And there's that moment before God interrupts and says, don't, and provides the substitute of the ram. There's that moment and I've always thought what a striking scene if it, if it was in movie. I'm not suggesting to do that. But that scene where Abraham has the knife raised in his hand and is about to kill his own son. Now remember, this is a son he waited 25 years to have. The son God promised him. Trusting God will provide a substitute in some way, maybe the resurrection, but about to come down and slay his own son. Now, they were both spared that. Abraham was spared having to kill his own son, and Isaac was spared having to be killed by his father. What did they typify? They typified the father, God, and God, the son, Jesus Christ. And neither of them were spared. Jesus wasn't spared being sacrificed, and God wasn't spared sacrificing him. On the cross. Now, before I continue, obviously, Christ and his humanity knew real human suffering. And I, I don't mean to communicate in a blasphemous way inadvertently and speak of God the Father or the Spirit or God the Son and his divinity suffering. Uh, God is beyond what humans have, God does not change. And yet, God speaks of his beloved Son, right? Uh, He speaks in terms that we are to identify and appreciate. But I do want to give that disclaimer. Thinking of Jesus, I know I've often mentioned um, how I think of Jesus suffering on the cross. I try to appreciate it when I have to go to the dentist. And lately I've had to go go a lot. (laughs) Some old fillings that are needing to be taken care of. And I know I've talked about this before, but it's the needle at the beginning and the gums. That's the worst. You get through that and... The rest is nothing, at least from my experience. But the needle in the gum, especially right in the front, oh, that's, I always think about what it must have been like to know it's coming. You know, you're, 
It isn't a kind of torture. Like, you know you're going to have to sit there and let them stick a needle into your gums and move it around and, until the stuff starts to kick in. It's not fun. And to think about facing that cross and giving yourself over, knowing they're about to hammer nails of iron into your hands and feet and put that crown of thorns into your head and squeeze it in and lift you up and let you suffocate to death and knowing it's coming and having to just be there and take it. The suffering that Christ went through. Appreciate that, beloved, to birth you new life. But what is worse torture, and again, I don't mean to I want to recognize we're speaking anthropopathically. You'll remember from membership class about God. But what is worse is to have to watch your son go through it and to do it to him, perhaps, right? Thinking of Abraham, the type of the father. And so this Saturday, one of my young sons, as you know, had to go get his teeth fixed. They got busted up. And I had to sit there as they stuck the needles into those front gums. And I had to hear and see how it affected him. And that's worse. So the father had to let his son suffer. He offered his beloved son on the cross and did not reply to his cry of Psalm 22, verse 1. My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? In this eternal relation, he has to turn his back on his son in order to birth you and I into new life. Let's at least not not appreciate that in terms of what the Father did for us, because our scripture does speak as the Father as the subject. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son. He gave. Imagine... This is an incredible sacrifice, literally. Just imagine the nails in the hands and feet, the crown of thorns, the blood dripping down. Now, this is after he's gone through false trials, mockery, embarrassments, spitting on him, being smacked and hit, beaten. Uh, you know, just think about that last beating. I think you've heard plenty of illustrations about how much flesh was probably torn off of his skin, how much probably bone was showing, and just horrific, the kind of thing he went through before he has to put that back against a cross and be nailed to it. Just try to imagine that, beloved. Just try to imagine that being going through your hands and feet being, and then being lifted up and supporting yourself and suffocating to death. This is the sacrifice of Christ, the suffering. But imagine also not being heard by your own father turning away from your own son's cry going through that. God gave his only begotten son. What did he give his only begotten son to? What's he talking about? Yes, he sent him from heaven, but more, more specifically, he gave his only begotten son to be executed as a criminal. That's what he gave him for. He sent his son specifically to be executed. I don't think we can imagine that. Most of us cannot imagine giving up our own child for another. He gave him up to be executed. 
Whosoever believes in him to be saved is believing in him as the Lamb of God to take away our sins. That's what it means that we would believe on him. That he's going to be the Lamb that is slaughtered for us. He sent him to be slaughtered for us. Isaiah 53. John 1 verse 29. Behold, the Lamb of God that taketh away the sins of the world. What's the context? All of the animal sacrifices of the Old Testament ceremonial worship services fulfilled in Christ. Our sins will go upon him and they will be slayed and punished by God in the substitute, teaching us to look for the substitute, the true Lamb of God, Jesus, that would come and take away our sins as he is slaughtered and on the altar of the cross offered to pay for our sins by his stripes. We are healed. By his death, we are given eternal life. That's the context. God gave his son. And just look at the two verses before it, verses 14 and 15. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. But notice that repetition from verse 15 related to verse 14. Jesus is saying it's the same example. He's talking about the book of Numbers. And you'll remember when we were in the book of Numbers, you know the story. He's assuming you know the story when he says this, leading into this great gospel message of John 3.16. Many of the Israelites had rebelled and sinned against God, and God was punishing them by sending poisonous vipers, poisonous snakes. And many of the people were getting bitten by poisonous snakes and dying from their venom. And so they cry out to God to be saved, and God provides. He says, here's, here's how you're going to do it. And this is a type, again, a prefiguration of how we're going to be saved from the snake bite of Satan and eternal death. And he says, make a brazen serpent, a bronze serpent, lift it up on a pole. And whoever looks to that pole, whoever looks to that serpent on the pole will be healed. The venom of the snakes will not kill them, they'll be healed. And that is God providing that remedy. And notice, you do nothing. You just have faith. You just look to be healed. So Jesus says, God is going to lift me up on the pole, on the cross, You've all been bitten by the serpent. You're all born dead because of the first fall, original sin. Shown in your acting out of sins and then dying because the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So those who look to Jesus the Son on the cross, just faith in Jesus to be my substitute, pay for my sins, live the righteous life on my behalf, saved, born again. Of course, we know the Holy Spirit has to make us born again that we would respond in faith to Jesus. And this is what happens. The Holy Spirit does that to us. But notice, when God gave his son, he gave him to the cross to be lifted up like the serpent in the wilderness. I trust that you have looked to him to let this uh, have looked to him to be saved, have looked to him to be born again, have been born again that you'd look to him and believe and be saved. The incarnation, 
was for the crucifixion. The birth of this baby was to die in execution, to save you and give you life. So you can think about how his mother is there watching and grieving. And they tell her early on, it's going to be a sword to your heart. Remember that even being birthed was humiliation for Jesus. When we've studied that in the shorter catechism not so long, not so long ago, his uh, mediation in his humiliation started with his even being born, and that in a lowly estate. You can think of Revelation 12 and the birth pains of the woman of the Messiah and related to the church for other examples of the scriptures. But what we recognize is birthing is painful, and it was painful for the triune God, so to speak. God the Father sacrificed in sacrificing his son. God the Son sacrificed in sacrificing himself. And the Holy Spirit often sacrifices by being grieved by us. Ephesians 4.30, as he helps us grow while we rebellious children refuse to grow up because we're so often forgetful and rebel against the triune God's right to rule our lives as our Father and our suffering Savior and our comforting Counselor. Well, that was once. I'm growing up now. I got a life to live. Yes, the cross was just once. Praise the Lord. It is finished. But it is what gave and sustains your abundant and eternal life forever. Christian, you must remember all Christ suffered and all the God had sacrificed to breathe new life in you, to make you born again. You must be born again to have everlasting life. And only God can do that for you. And it is incredible sacrifice. And for Christ in his humanity, it's unbelievable suffering. Never forget. Never neglect to be thankful And base your identity upon it and how you live. My wife, Fernanda, as you know, is close to delivery and she's going through a lot being pregnant a third time. Physically, emotionally, all these things are happening to her. Even last night, as you know, she woke me thinking it was time and then had to go back to bed and Felt like she could run a marathon last night, whereas a few days before, it felt like she couldn't get out of bed. You know, it's just such a many things to go through, and she's often in pain just getting ready. You know, the body's getting ready. And she's going to go through a lot in labor, and she's been it before and been wonderful through it. But as any of you ladies know, you've been through it before, and yeah, you've been through it before. You know what to expect. Like if you've been back to the doctor for another needle. And you know the Lord will provide, but you're also just anticipating getting ready. That mental anguish and concern going to go through a lot. As you know, and as many are, uh, ladies rightfully remind us, uh, it is said there is nothing more painful. And of course, it's long. And it, it's regular. 
But it's all love. God so loved the world. It's all love. In fact, it's so beautiful to see. She says, and she always says this, I just can't wait to see her face. I just can't wait to hold her. So she's willing. But it is a lot of sacrifice and it's a lot of pain. It's not easy, right? Walking around where your child goes in the door before you. Several minutes before. Not really, but you know, <laughs> it's just a lot on the body, isn't it? And it's a lot on the body afterwards, adjusting and recuperating. Yes, it's once, but children should always be thankful and live accordingly as they think about what their mother went through. And many of us, when we do start to have children, we have a whole new appreciation for our parents and especially our moms. And she's reflected with me with these new experiences of birthing now three children. And she says, you know, I don't understand how any child could disrespect their mothers if he or she understood what they went through to bring them into this world. We sacrifice everything. Even more beloved, how is it that we so easily disrespect our Father in heaven and our Savior who suffered so mightily on earth and grieve the Holy Spirit helping us to grow from being babes in Christ to men and women in Christ? Like because we're saved once and for all, we don't need to remember how to live in him and for him. Beloved, especially every Lord's Day, at each Lord's Supper, be moved to remember God's sacrifice that birthed life in you. This is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. This is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for you for the remission of your sins. And this is why you are alive. This is why you are born again. This is why you are born from above. Never forget and let it be your constant center as you look to Jesus, the author and finisher of your faith. The message for you this evening, remember God's sacrifice that birthed life in you. Let us pray. O Lord God, forgive us for how we grieve the Holy Spirit, working to help us grow up. How we grieve you, Father, so to speak, not remembering this incredible gift that you were willing to sacrifice unto death and execution on our behalf. And thank you, Lord Jesus Christ, for being humbled even to be born into our humble humanity, you who are eternal God and our creator, yet without sin. And thank you for being the Lamb of God without, blesh, uh, without blemish, excuse me, without any imperfection, living the perfect life on our behalf and giving us the gift of faith to look to you on the cross and be saved from the bite of Satan and the wages of sin that is death and eternal death. We confess 
We forget. We do not center our lives around you. And we don't appreciate the pain and the sacrifice and the suffering that the thrice holy almighty God went through for us. We your children. Oh Lord, help us to remember and as we take the Lord's Supper, help us to remember you. To remember you have borne us again into eternal life and to remember it required your body and your blood. And we do thank you in Jesus' name and all your people said, Amen.